Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. Well, we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, and especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices to be found only in the minds of men. The military-industrial complex not only controls our government, but they control our culture. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill that promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children. In music, television, books. Pray on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer, because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce across the gulf of space, intellects, 
vast and cool and unsympathetic, regarded our planet with envious eyes. Perception is the key, and the heart yeah. is the solution. Heart perception will change everything. I'm your host, Ryan Gable, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings on The Fringe FM. If you'd like to contact the show, you can email us at rdgable at yahoo.com. Find us on social media at facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings. And check out the website at www.thesecretteachings.info where you can find our full show archive, the montages, and my books in digital form. I just spent a lot of my weekend revising the formatting of all three books. Nothing was really added to them, but I just did a grammatical check, did a little formatting correction, uh, transferred the files to the new Microsoft Word, so that took a little bit of time to go through that. Had to redo the size of the covers, put it all together, re-uploaded them, and uh, I'll be getting the new copies in in a couple of weeks. That's uh, Cult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir, a book that I thought would be like the best seller out of all three of these books. But I've sold more copies of Occult Arcana and Food Philosophy than the Technological Elixir book. And I thought that this book would be a much bigger seller. Like I've sold a lot of copies, but I thought it would be bigger than like Food Philosophy because it talks about artificial intelligence and it talks about interdimensional and extraterrestrial visitors, UFOs, UFO cults philosophy, sociology, like I crammed a bunch of stuff into this book. And sometimes it kind of feels like, if you ever watched, it's a cheesy movie, but if you ever watched uh, that movie with Nicolas Cage, National Treasure, and his assistant Riley, who's just kind of, he does the technical stuff, and he knows what he's doing, but he doesn't know the history, like Nicolas Cage's character does. And in the second movie, like he, he, he wrote this book, and he knew about the president's secret diary, like this secret book, and they were trying, like they were discussing this and trying to figure out what exactly this symbol meant. And Riley's like, well, this isn't my book. Didn't you read my book? And sometimes I feel like that. People will message me or call me, and they're like, oh, my God, did you hear about synthetic biology? Did you hear about people getting together at major universities and talking about like having a synthetic genome? And I, I always laugh a little bit. I'm like, yeah, I, I remember reading that in like 2016. The New York Times published an article that the title of it was Scientists Talk Privately About Creating a Synthetic Human Genome. And there were scientists that gathered at Harvard Medical School. And they got together and decided, um, I guess, how to create a plan, a workable plan to develop what they called a synthetic human genome. And so I think like, well, didn't you read my book? <laughs> People say it to me all the time. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm quite sure from what I've read at least. And from what I've researched, this is a big book too. This is like over 400 pages. Like my whole, the whole premise of the book, except for the last couple chapters is the replacing of organic life with synthetic life, replacing biological life with synthetic life and not just human beings, all organic life. Now, who's doing this? Why are they doing this? Well, that's a good question 
if you're thinking that or if you've asked that question before. Before we can get there, though, and for some people, if it's even necessary to get there, I think the bigger question should be, is there a parallel between that particular New York Times story in 2016, four years ago, and the Human Genome Project and the Brain Mapping Initiative and the program called Earth Biogenome, which intended and is still operational as far as I understand, it's meant to catalog and map the genomes of every single known animal, plant, and fungus. I guess it takes about 10 years, they estimated, to do this. And at least they said every known animal, plant, and fungus. So they're mapping the DNA of everything. It's like they're getting a a hard drive backup of it. Now they, who are they? Well, in this particular case, it's probably necessary to make the, the observation. Major universities, governments, I mean, the U.S. federal government was behind the Brain Mapping Initiative, the Human Genome Project, there are private entities that are involved. I just don't like this dismissal, oh, this is a conspiracy theory. I don't know if it's a conspiracy or a conspiracy theory. I think it's like some scientists got together and they said, let's create synthetic genomes. It doesn't, it's not a, they're not really conspiring per se, but that is what was reported four years ago. And then with the Earth Biogenome Project and other things like the Human Genome Project. And there's another article that I was thinking of from the journal Nature back in 2016. Which said that there is a limit on human life, despite the fact that many humans have lived far past the age of 115. Some humans are reported to have lived, you know, 200 or more years. I guess you could argue about the Bible Live in five, six, seven hundred years, different perception of time, perhaps. Maybe it's a symbolic of something else. But because of that, there are certain groups of scientists like futurists who say, and this is a quote from the Nature article from 2016 the best hope for our species is not to extend our lifespans, but to lengthen our years of healthy living. So, Don't worry about living longer. Just live a healthier life. And that sounds great. Like, that makes sense, right? But there's something funky about it. You read those articles, and they're kind of like stories from the new scientist. This is an actual headline from 2016, or around 2016, maybe a little bit before that. You are junk. That's the headline. According to the article, the same scientific mentality that you know calls human DNA junk, further reinforced this notion while suggesting that scientists have greatly neglected parts of the genome. And the article says this, the blueprint for building a human, or indeed any complex creature, lies not only in our genes, but in other neglected parts of the genome. That's obvious. This long-overlooked DNA could have shaped iconic traits such as our upright stance, opposable thumbs, big brains, capacity for language, even our tendency to form monogamous relationships. We might like to think of ourselves as pinnacles of evolution, but actually we are mostly made of junk. Now that's, on a subconscious level, 
communicating to you uh, at any age and not merely suggesting or implying, but outright ordering your subconscious and conscious to believe that you are junk. In other words, to demoralize you and to make you feel that you are worthless and useless, that you are a useless eater, that life is irrelevant to whatever it is that we might perceive and define consciousness or existence as. And I documented all of these articles in my book, The Technological Elixir. It's all right there in the book. And I went back into the book today, and I was flipping through it, and I was thinking, like, wow, this book is really good, and I need to promote and talk about this book more. And then here's also, you know, a synchronicity. I literally just opened the book, and the chapter I opened to is called, it's a subsection, Brain Mapping and Robot Dogs. So I talked a little bit about those robo-dogs from Boston Dynamics, but this particular section was on the Brain Initiative, which was launched in 2013. About $100 million was set aside to do that, to map the brain. Now, all of this sounds like standard scientific endeavor to understand the brain, thought processes, DNA, the building blocks of life, the human genome. And then parallel to that, you have scientists from Harvard or scientists from elsewhere getting together with scientists from Harvard. And it's in the New York Times. And the headline is, Scientists Talk Privately About Creating a Synthetic Human Genome. And, of course, the discussion is, we need to do this because we don't fully have the medical or scientific technological capabilities of curing all these diseases and helping people to stay healthy, like things that really shouldn't be in a discussion of top scientists or any scientists at a university. How can we create a synthetic genome to make people healthy since they don't want to take care of themselves? That's a secondary issue as far as I'm concerned, but it's also a byproduct of a singular first issue, the main issue, and that is people who believe that not only can they, but they are excited to and want to and believe that it's a good thing to play God, as some say. And what bothers me about this particular subject is when the scientists play God, uh, they routinely... F up bad, and they make a lot of mistakes, and that's to be considered normal when you're tampering and tinkering with things that you don't understand. Like, I can, I can take a bike apart and put it back together, but if no one ever showed me to do, how to do that, or if I never looked it up online, or I didn't have a mind kind of like an engineer which I don't, but I looked at the bike and it has a very small number of parts. But if you took a car apart and told me to put it back together, I'm not going to be able to put a car back together. I don't think I'd have any understanding of how to do it. And even though the smartest person in the world might be able to kind of do it, there's always room for error. And yeah, that's a natural part of existence is error, and we learn from error. But let's make errors with the vessels and the structures that we've been given by God in the sense of having been born out of or into this world, depending on which perspective you take, the Alan Watts or the other 
perspective. And we need to perhaps focus on what we have rather than, well, let's change the genome and let's make a synthetic genome. And, and, and you start to read this and you wonder why are scientists and doctors and, I mean, you know that Jeffrey Epstein was probably involved in this to some extent because at his New Mexico compound, they, they found, um, and he had met with scientists there, including he met with people like Bill Gates, who's a eugenicist. His father's a eugenicist that worked with Planned Parenthood. I think the, he's still involved with Planned Parenthood. Bill Gates is. I mean, not officially, but through the foundation. Which when He, he talks about that. It sounds so creepy, right? It's like the Institute in Fallout. He's like, yeah, the, the, the people at the foundation, they're, uh, they're just really concerned with people's health. We're trying to develop vaccines that'll kill 700,000 people, but... It's necessary to save other people. You know that? He's like, they're really working on this at the Institute. I mean, the foundation, it just sounds really creepy if you listen to, you listen to the guy. It's like a supervillain. So you think about this, like, synthetic biology and mapping the genome and the, the biogenome project, which really caught my attention a couple of years ago, where at least the organizers of the project said that they, they basically want to go out and they want to read the sequence of... Uh, DNA, blueprint of life for all these different things, uh, funguses, plants, animals, etc. Now, if they were doing this to catalog it for some, you know, purely scholaristic endeavor, great. But obviously, where we've seen technology taken in the public and obviously in the private as well, because the private usually becomes public at some point uh, years later down the road, is there are people that want to take that information and they wish to do harm with it or they have good intentions and, uh, well, we know that certain roads or paths are to certain locations are paved with good intentions. And we also know that beyond good intentions, there are many people who will simply, whether they believe it right or wrong, do their job whatever that might be because they appreciate the they like the pay and the environment and they're not thinking beyond that it doesn't matter how intelligent they are and how well versed in genetics and if they can use microscopes and droppers people will do their job like i don't think that we can reduce tonight's broadcast to an us versus them um, I never reduce it to a, a theological, dogmatic, black and white perspective, which is a really important word, perspective. A lot of this is just an exercise in perception and perception control, perception management. So I, I want to use a word now with you, and I want this word to, um, to not freak you out. And to, some of you might get excited when you hear it. So you, you might think like, yeah, give it to him, Ryan. And then others are like, oh, you're going to bring that up again. Um, I just want to use the word uh, face mask just briefly. Uh, we know about 1952 Beijing. They lied to the people, said there was a big, you know, terrorist attack. It was all a lie. There was no disease spread, no insects. But people went around, collected insects, got little red flags to fly as good citizens, wore face masks, cleaned with toxic chemicals. And then the government later came out and said it was all a lie. And they wasted a bunch of resources, time, and, you know, people's lives. 
But when I say face mask, there's just something that I, I noticed that was really interesting. I pulled these two articles, one from the L.A. Times and one from the New York Times. And although these particular articles are about masks, there's something else really interesting about the articles themselves in relation to perception management, which is really key, and the psychological effects of not being able to see people's faces and how dehumanizing it is, which I think that even if you, you're for masks, if that's a thing, like I don't know why it has to be pro or anti-anything, but you can notice that it obviously reduces people's ability to communicate. And with these other recommendations that we've heard, like don't have sex or have sex with a mask on, you know, engage in sexual activity without looking at your partner. And it's like, if I didn't know better, and maybe I don't, this kind of seems like invasion of the body snatchers. It kind of seems like War of the Worlds. It kind of seems like some series of bad alien B-movies. It kind of seems like Prometheus, like any alien movie that you can think of. There's like a healthy mix of all the things that happened in those movies happening today because art mimics reality, and reality can mimic art, but reality was here before art. So art is an extension of reality and humanity. And so you watch those, those types of movies or you read the types of books by Orwell or Huxley, whose brother was a eugenicist, and Orwell was in the Fabian, the socialist Fabian society, you know, the wolf in sheep's clothing. And whether these books like A Brave New World in 1984 were warning signs, we can clearly see the encroachment, the rapid increasing advancement, and the... At this point, it would seem the whites of the eyes of the enemies of humanity, if we may call them that, who have launched an all-out assault on human civilization and an all-out assault on human beings, especially those who refuse to capitulate, refuse to assimilate, refuse to participate. Uh, Klaus Schwab from the World Economic Forum we were talking about last week, and there was a quote. He was talking about the Fourth Industrial Revolution. I actually just uh, purchased that book. I, I want to read it. I want to see what like they write about it. They have a plan. And he, they have an eight-step plan, too. They're like, well, these are things that we think will be done by 2030. No, they're not things you think will be done. Those are things that align with the UN 2030 agenda. And those are things that will be done by 2030 to some extent. Like one of them was getting rid of Western culture, which is exactly what the director of that movie on Netflix cuties said it's about getting rid of western culture that's what it said that on the black lives matter website it said getting rid of the western prescribed nuclear family structure getting rid of men like they don't want men because like when the romans would conquer a territory they'd kill all the men or take a few prisoners but kill all the men rape the women take them as wives and just have sex with them and then kill them or keep them and raise the children to be servants of the state or raise the children to be soldiers and then they go do that when they get older, so you get rid of the men. I mean, it's like it's a really simple, like war strategy, and it's being waged on everybody across the planet. And so, again, if I didn't know any better, maybe I don't. It starts to feel less than human, not because there are like psychopaths and sociopaths who lack empathy and emotion, or they can try to mimic it, but they can't really get it. Like, I'm serious. I'm, I'm talking about, like, it, it feels like there are interdimensional or extraterrestrial something. Like, there are things 
that are possessing or they are at least possess uh, possessive, but they are present on our planet and they are contributing to the collapse of the human species, not from climate change and carbon dioxide. Give me a break. But from the systematic destruction of human communication, human connection, and all of the other things that make us human to replace what is biological, what is organic, what is natural with things that are synthetic, non-organic, and unnatural. And that's why I wrote in my book, The Technological Elixir, which I, I updated this book in 2019, but it's a little older than that. It's like 2017, 16, 17. I wrote it after that synthetic genome article from the New York Times came out in 2016, so it was updated since then. Uh, you can get it on the website, thesecretteachings.info, but in that book, uh, one of the main things was just the replacing of biological life with synthetic life. And this seems to be part of the final revolution, as Huxley termed it, but as Klaus Schwab termed it, the fourth industrial revolution. And we will merge, he says. I'm not even going to do that. I'm not even going to do the accent. He says, we will merge your physical, digital, and biological identities channeling his inner Borg you will assimilate you will become one of us your biological and technological distinctiveness will become part of our own I really do feel that it's not far-fetched to believe that we are dealing with some invasive species that has invaded our planet perhaps going back to memorandum 6751 of the military and the US federal government talking about the locas and these other dimensional planes of existence and this was after the atomic bomb was detonated, and it was around the, the time of Roswell, like within 24 hours of Roswell, this document, 6751, I believe is the memorandum number, was published. And they're like, yeah, we know that things are coming here. I think they've been here a lot longer, though, and there might be many of them. But the anti-human sentiment and the destruction of human everything, the soul and the spirit, there's something evil, there's something afoot. We're going to try to get to the bottom of that tonight on the show. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. The Fringe FM is the network, and if you type in the fringe.fm, that's the network website. You can get a copy of The Technological Elixir at www.thesecretteachings.info. There's more after this. Don't go anywhere right here on The Secret Teachings. Want more of The Fringe? Check out thefringe.fm for more information on your favorite shows. Also, don't forget to check out The Fringe mobile app or the other ways you can tune in through the Paranormal Radio app and talk stream Live. Where the normal and paranormal collide, it's The Fringe FM. If you'd like to hear more of The Secret Teachings, if you missed a show or part of a show... Sign up to the ever-expanding archive at thesecretteachings.info. When you subscribe for a month or year, you get access to the full show archive to every show after it airs. You can download and stream unlimited episodes and share your login with friends or family. 
With your subscription, you can also get access on the website to all of Ryan's digital books and the ever-growing montage archive. Just visit thesecretteachings.info and click on the Donate Subscribe tab at the top of the page. Use the secure PayPal link and start your membership today. By subscribing, you support The Secret Teachings, The Fringe FM, Ryan, and yourself. My name is Alex Exum, and you're listening to The Fringe FM. So, you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on, 24-7, with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online, or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. Why listen to The Fringe FM? We are your number one source for talk radio the mainstream media won't touch. Joe Root brings you everything occult with Lighting the Void. Ryan Gables shatters paradigms with esoteric knowledge on the secret teachings. Gigi and Cortana explore the inner workings of our reality with Shift Happens. Jess of the Rogue Report brings you years of research to explore the hidden facts behind alternative topics. And myself, Alex Exum of Live Talk, the so-called Joker in the deck. We are the Fringe FM. This is The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page at facebook.com slash thesecretteachings or our website, thesecretteachings.info. This is KTLK Digital Broadcasting, somewhere between the normal and paranormal. A collection of question marks. No reason, no explanation. Just a prolonged nightmare. Right here on The Fringe FM. This is Kev Baker of The Kev Baker Show. You can find me at Truth Frequency Radio or on my home website, www.kevbakershow.com. And you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. And so are we. KTLK. Digital Broadcasting. The Fringe FM. The Secret Teachings is the middle ground between the mainstream and alternative, between the official story and clickbait conspiracy. It lies between man's lack of critical thinking and his acknowledgement of discovering the patterns of nature. This is a radio show of objective analysis from the occult to pop conspiracy and health. A show we call The Secret Teachings. You can catch the broadcast Monday through Friday on The Fringe FM, thefringe.fm, and www.thesecretteachings.info. Hey, this is Charlie Robinson, the Octopus of Global Control author, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. I'm Ryan Gable, your host. And you're listening to The Secret Teachings on The Fringe FM. 
I mentioned a word at the end of the last segment that for some people, they're really scared of it. Like they don't want to hear it anymore. And for others, they might be really intrigued. Like, yes, talk about it again. But I mentioned the word mask. And I mentioned the word mask for a couple of different reasons. One is the Los Angeles Times. One is the New York Times. And the LA Times ran uh, ran a headline. Uh, just, it's really unbelievable when you think about it. But it ran a headline like this: "Face mask trial didn't stop coronavirus spread, but it shows why more mask wearing is needed." So, doing something didn't do what we said it would do, but that shows us you need to do more of what we told you to do that didn't work. That prompted us to tell you to do more of what we told you to do that didn't work. And the New York Times has a similar headline which is why you know mainstream and virtually all major media is a script that's followed and slightly adjusted. You can see that in those clips of all the local news stations repeating the same script. But the New York Times published two days prior, November 18th, a new study questions whether masks protect wearers. And, of course, in the study, if you read it, I've got a copy of it. Funny enough, like, I actually go read it. They said it it didn't protect anybody, but the article says you need to wear them anyway. And it's not just the article that says that, it's actually the headline. A new study questions whether masks protect wearers, you need to wear them anyway. Sure, they don't work, we admit it, but please wear them anyway because it makes other people feel better. This is perception control, this is perception management, this is reality framing. This has created a synthetic reality. A synthetic reality by creating a synthetic perception of the world that is truly upside down. And as the synthetic reality is created, it changes people's perceptions in a way where they'll begin to accept more than merely points of view and perception changes, they'll accept physical changes founded on the promises of what those physical changes will bring. And they might be something as simple as, well, hey, you know, you like television, right? So just sign up and watch Netflix and Hulu and Amazon and Disney Plus. And I'm not saying something wrong with that. I I watch, I have a Netflix account that's logged in from the last time someone used my PlayStation, I watched that on a rare occasion, but I watched that. I try to keep up with things because I, I talk about them on the show. But it's like, here, watch these, and uh, this is where you derive like your cultural, your it's, it's, it's your perception of reality is primarily derived from entertainment, which includes getting on Reddit, and social media, it's all just entertainment. But what it really is under, underneath of that is pure propaganda. And it's always mixed truth and falsehoods because the truth lures you in. The truth is like the golf clubs and the classic like timeshare story, which timesharing really isn't as much of a scam. I worked in that industry for like a week little interesting side note, like a week I did timeshares when I was in real estate. 
and I, I didn't like the way that they had to pressure people, but it's, it's not really that big of a scam. But in a way, for some people, I guess it is. But yeah, like the truth is, is a set of golf clubs. And then when you get there, then you end up getting roped in for much more and you get taken for a ride. Some people do, just like when you buy a car, you buy a house even. And that's really what a good form of propaganda is all about. That's what the Chinese did in 1952 uh, in Beijing. Manchuria. Uh, they even did it. Um, well, they claimed that they had the terrorists had dropped infected insects over North Korea, even, and so people started wearing masks to protect themselves. That's a it's a factual, true, documented historical event. It's in like a mainline. Go to Barnes and Noble and read it. Book. It's right there. So I want to read you these two articles real quick because this is the creation, the manufacturing of a synthetic perception. And if the synthetic perception can be created, then we can set the foundation for the replacing of not merely organic thought and free thought, but organic life and all forms of free life. Replacing the organic structure with a synthetic structure. And that's what's happening. That's what, in 2016, scientists got together at Harvard Medical School in Boston and they were told not to contact the news, not to post anything on Twitter. And officially, the reason was so they could um, be transparent, which that is a very uh, Orwellian argument. Uh, but their, their discussion centered on the follow-up of the Human Genome Project. They wanted to create a synthetic genome, creating a synthetic form of life and replacing biological life. This sounds like invasion of the body snatchers and i think it's carried out on a much more broad in some ways more perhaps vague in others but much more broad um a much more broad spectrum than simply like oh they're replacing people's bodies i, I didn't say that someone's body's being replaced it's an analogy to a movie to a like a popular what did that movie come out in, like 1954 or something 19 mid 1950s it's just an analogy but nevertheless, those movies are popular and they remain popular, those stories, because there's an element or perhaps more than a singular element of, of reality to them. And we're drawn to that light like a moth to a flame, like a bug to a zapper. So here's what the L.A. Times says. Face mask trial didn't stop coronavirus spread, but it shows why more mask wearing is needed. Here's what it says. Back in the early days of the COVID-19 pandemic, Researchers in Denmark decided to conduct an unusual experiment to test the infection-fighting power of face masks the same way they'd evaluate a potential vaccine or drug. Again, this is going to take us into nanotechnology and other related subjects that deal with synthetic biology and the replacing of organic life. At the time, the LA Times says, masks and mask usage were not recommended by Danish health authorities, and fewer than 5% of residents used them outside hospital settings. Those conditions made it possible to conduct the first and only randomized controlled trial of the face coverings. Now that, from the LA Times, is an outright blatant, blatant lie. Because one of the first randomized controlled stu studies or trials of face coverings were conducted back in the 
well, from 2020 back to 2000, like in the mid part of this, these two decades, uh, where the British Medical Journal did a report, the first randomized controlled test of cloth face masks. So they weren't very specific in the LA Times, but silly me, I have a folder about six inches thick with every single mask study that was worth its weight, where they don't say may or could or possibly, they like are able to scientifically prove that they don't work, and if anything, they're more dangerous. So the researchers recruited about 6,000 volunteers, and they got them together, and they separated them into groups for random to receive 50 surgical masks and were asked to wear them whenever they left home for the next month. The other half did not get masks and served as controls. Overall, 95% of the volunteers, which were almost 5,000, 4,862, who made it to the end of the study became infected with SARS-CoV-2. 95% of the participants who made it to the end of the study became infected with COVID, with the masks. The coronavirus that causes COVID-19, they have to specify, SARS-CoV-2. We're virologists and immunologists. We will speak in abbreviations. That's an infection rate of just under 2%. But no matter how the researchers sliced and diced their data, they could not find a strong signal that the volunteers in the mask group were more protected than their counterparts in the control group. Right. There's no, literally, this is the LA Times and Danish health researchers there's literally no evidence. You can't say, like, oh, you walked by Bob, and Bob is the one that made you sick. Well, no, maybe you went home, and you pounded back, like, a six-pack of beer and a tub of ice cream, and then you went to bed, and you woke up in the morning, and you ate fruity pebbles. Maybe that's why you're sick, not because you walked by someone without a mask, all right? In a typical clinical trial, the article says, this is the point. This is so funny, this line. This is the point where researchers would say their inventions or intervention didn't work. But in this case, the investigators went the other way. I mean, did I read that right? I was was sitting on the couch reading this yesterday. Um, A hope came over. She did our Monday show last week. Uh, Actually, the last two weeks she did shows with us on food. And she's sitting there doing some, like, work for her, um, for one of her classes. And I was reading this next to her and I said am I reading this right it literally says in a typical clinical trial when they don't find proof they uh, abandon the research they could determine like hey we're wrong but in this case the investigators went the other way all right well what did they do let's see what they did the problem they said wasn't with masks the problem was that people didn't use masks enough I I just I'm I can't understand this is like double speak So they wore masks, got sick. They couldn't determine how they got sick one way or another. Some of the people that wore didn't wear masks. So they can't determine how. The intervention process that they they implemented didn't work, and usually they'd abandon the research, but instead they decided, no, we'll go the other way. We accept the research, which doesn't make sense, the research itself and the accepting of it. And then they said the problem wasn't that people wore the masks, it was that they didn't wear masks enough. But it it didn't really matter if they wore them or not. They still got sick and said they couldn't prove why they got sick. All right, so just keep reading. The study results, quote, 
according to the team of researchers at Copenhagen University Hospital, should not be used to conclude that a recommendation for everyone to wear masks in the community would not be effective in reducing SARS-CoV-2 infections. Listen to that. Should not be used. So the evidence says uh, it doesn't work. But that evidence should not be used to conclude that a recommendation to everyone, for everyone, to wear masks in the community would not be effective in reducing COVID-19 COVID or SARS-CoV-2. Uh, that's doublespeak. Um, that's like a double negative. Should not be used to determine if it, not, if it would not be effective. Like, brrr, try to figure that out. A trio of current and former editors of Annals of Internal Medicine, the journal that published the study, went a little bit further. They even said masks likely need to be worn by most, if not all, people to reduce community infection rates. The results of this trial should motivate widespread mask wearing to protect communities and thereby ourselves. Uh, they Two things here. One, they said masks don't protect you, they protect others. So there's another inconsistency, a consistent inconsistency. And they, once again, have provided no proof. So the article goes on. It says, okay, well, if masks work so great, why did they make so little difference in Denmark? It's a good question. So they they tell you that the studies were done in Denmark in two different waves between certain periods of time, right? And it says, with all these measures in place, the added benefit of wearing masks might there's that word might be negligible when the community prevalence of the virus is low, the researchers wrote. Masks are believed to help in two ways. This is what it says, believed to help in two ways. Although they can protect wearers from the incoming germs, their primary benefit is their ability to prevent the wearer's germs from spreading to others. Well, it should be both if viral germ theory of Louis Pasteur is accurate. And even if it were or weren't, it doesn't matter because then they go on to say because few Danish residents wear masks during the study period, volunteers were mostly exposed to maskless people who could spread a virus easier. But then they just said above that, although they can protect wearers from the incoming germs, volunteers were mostly exposed to maskless people who, if they were exhaling germs, you would think that the people with the masks would be protected since that's what the mask is supposed to do. And the conclusion down here at the bottom, there's also the possibility that people who wore masks felt a false sense of security and let down their guard in other ways that increased their risk of infection. Yeah, in most studies it's about, you know, 60 to 80, somewhere in there, percent of the people that wear a mask don't wash their hands anymore. They touch their face more. And yet... Researchers wrote, quote, if everyone wears a mask, then when they're near others, everyone is safer. Literally telling you, like the New York Times article here, a new study questions whether masks protect wearers. You need to wear them anyway. Really. And then the article starts off. I'll read you a brief piece of this. Masks prevent people from transmitting the coronavirus to others. Scientists now agree. But a new trial failed to document protection from the virus among the wearers. Okay, so they prevent it, but you can't find documentation that they prevent it, which means it's not a factual statement, it's a theory. And if you want to have a theory, have a theory, but call it a theory because you can't prove it. The study's conclusion, this is the same study, 
but in the New York Times. The study's conclusion flies in the face of other research suggesting that masks do protect the wearer. See, masks do protect the wearer. Why? Well, they are studies that suggest, there's that word, In its recent bulletin, the Centers for Disease Control in the United States cited a dozen studies finding that even cloth masks may help protect the wearer. So here's the bottom line. Perception. This is the manufacturing. I don't care if it's masks or it's candy advertisements or on television like on Nickelodeon. They advertise candy to kids. It's all about controlling your perception. It's about making you feel that you don't know as much as the experts. It's about creating a synthetic perception of the world. Listen carefully to this. Highlight this in your mind. The study's conclusions fly in the face of other research suggesting, highlight that, that masks do protect the wearer. However, the sentence begins with this study's conclusion. So they concluded Based on the evidence, or lack thereof, masks don't work. But it flies in the face of other research that's not conclusive that suggests masks protect the public. In its recent bulletin, the CDC cited a dozen studies. Oh, they're citing studies. Finding that even cloth masks may highlight it, help protect the wearer. Which makes, once again... No sense, because they just told you in the other article, masks primarily are meant, although they protect the wearer and they protect other people, masks are primarily to protect other people. But now the CDC has cited a dozen studies that show even cloth masks help, may, help, may, help protect the wearer. Well, which is it then? Does it protect the wearer? Does it protect the other people? How can you not have a conclusive piece of evidence on this if it's that easy just like produce a study openly and show us not like this may do that and that may do this this is about creating a synthetic perception of the world and wearing a mask i don't care about medical exemptions or laws or anything like this i'm simply concerned about the nature of the demoralizing the nature of the disconnection, the nature of the anti-human suggestion and implication of what a mask represents. It represents submission. It is a BDSM mask. I call it cultural BDSM. People are masquerading as masochists. Some people are masquerading as sadomasochists. And... These are primarily people in the general masses, the masses. I'm stretching for that one. The other day I was at a grocery store and I heard a lady make a comment to a cashier about me because I didn't have a mask on. I mean, I can't wear one because I can't breathe in the thing, okay? so, But she makes a comment, very long story, very short. I start talking to the lady and she's dismissive at first and then I... I said, well, you know, these mask mandate, the mask mandate in New York was over. I mean, they can update it, but the original mandate's over on the 5th of November. This was like a couple weeks ago. And so this woman, and the, the, the interaction was the other day, this woman says, well, I'm an infectious disease expert. And I said, great, then you should know that the virus is 
are smaller than the masks, right? She agreed with me and told me it doesn't matter, still wear it. Hmm. That tells me this woman's not interested in infectious diseases. She's not interested in science. She's interested in submission to an ideological synthetic perception and frame of the world. And then she also goes on to tell me, she's like, this is no joke. We've got a doctor in the ICU right now. If you didn't know, ICU is intensive, like critical care unit, right? The ICU, like for people that are really, really in trouble and need help, like now, the intensive care unit. And I said, oh, he is. I said, what are his symptoms? And it's like you caught the kid doing something that they're not supposed to do. And she said to me, well, he's got a really bad cough. And I said, he's an ICU for a bad cough? And it's just like, do you even, are you listening to yourself? What are you talking about? The guy's coughing. <clears throat> and the, I mean, literally, if you go to the doctor and get like the classic testicle exam and they ask you to cough, they're going to ask you to then take a COVID test. So here's the reason I bring it all up. It's perception management creating a synthetic reality, right? Now, this is done through psychological means. Once the psychological adjustments to our perception have been made, There's a parallel to that psychological adjustment, alteration, and that is the advancement of synthetic biology. And we've listened to the military, universities, mainstream media, scientists, pedophiles like Jeffrey Epstein even, who was running a eugenics, Lebensborn-style program out of his ranch in New Mexico and other places, he was going to freeze his penis, the USA Today said. That's, that's what they said. That's not what I'm saying. He was going to freeze his penis and freeze his head, or freeze his penis like Walt Disney or something. I don't know what he was coming back with his penis and his head to, to impregnate more women to spread his gene. I'm not sure where you get ideas like this, but when you're that wealthy and that powerful and you're a part of something bigger where even like mainstream news has to be like, oh, yeah, this guy was doing some crazy stuff and now sports. <laughs> You know, so now we're into synthetic biology and we've been here for a while and it's all promising us like this wonderful, great word world. You know, it's like they, they tell us these things like we'll have synthetic biology, we cure diseases. And let me tell you what synthetic biology is. Synthetic bi- biology is like electromagnetic frequencies that have been over and over and over and over and over again shown to cause in some people more so than others, like electrical sensitive people have electrical sensitivity electromagnetic sensitivity, like skin rashes and anxiety. A lot of us feel this and get this. Um, where they will basically say the only reason we want fifth-generation technology, and 6G is a, is a digital sub-reality. We'll get to that later. But fifth-generation technology, they're like, well, we want it so you can download a movie faster. <laughs> and and when, when, my, when my friend Hope was here the other night, and she's sitting on the couch, and we were talking about these articles and she was doing her work. We were, I think we, we played Scrabble after that and we were, we got to talking about this stuff a little bit, you know, just a light night. (laughs) And I said something like, she asked me about 5G 
And I said, yeah, like the re- the answer I always give to people is, do you really think like a, a trillion dollar company that could buy like the world multiple times over, like it it controls information. It controls people's lives. You think like a trillion dollar company run by psychopaths that will kill, steal, censor, and violate every single law of nature and God and the rule of man's law in a sense. And I wasn't asking her this. I was just saying like this is what I tell people. Like do you really think that company wants to give you a quicker internet speed and that's why they're spending hundreds of billions of dollars? I don't think so. She's like, yeah, that's a really good point. I've always used that example, and synthetic biology is no different. You really think that people like Jeffrey Epstein, because he was involved in the synthetic biology creation, I wouldn't be surprised if he was involved with those Harvard people. Back in 2016, New York Times, synthetic genome. That's the, I mean, the headline, scientists talk privately about creating a synthetic human genome. And you really think that they're spending like billions of dollars to create a synthetic genome so that like little Timmy, when he has cancer, they can like replace part of his body or something, or they can grow something new for organ donors. I mean, you can do that with a 3D printer. Why would they want to create a synthetic human genome? Oh, they're doing it for faster internet speed. You might want to think about that again. I want to do that calculation again. I don't think it's for faster than it eats, and I don't think it's for creating a, a, a better world. You know, it's like everybody thinks it's like a like a Disney song or something. You know, everybody just gets together and it's like a musical and sings. Like these people that run these companies and these scientists, they, these aren't your friends. It's not about some conspiracy. I mean, hell, Berkeley just said this week machine learning takes on synthetic biology, or this was two weeks ago. Machine learning takes on synthetic biology. Algorithms can bioengineer cells for you. Great. And it actually says this in the article from Berkeley Lab. The innovation means scientists will not have to spend years developing a meticulous understanding of each part of a cell and what it does in order to manipulate it. Did you hear that? I mean, that literally translates to, we invented something so we don't have to spend all this time trying to understand how to do something that God did. Uh, we can just eliminate God and build whatever we want. Um, well, there's a fail safe. God put a fail safe in there. Uh, it's called mutation, and it, it will mutate. And maybe these people are aliens, and that's what their intention is, because this is out of control, synthetic biology. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Stay with us after this top-of-the-hour break. There's more to come on synthetic biology, replacing the natural organic biological systems with unnatural synthetic systems it's happened right now that's what google said smart dust neural dust julian assange called it evil dust it's here i'm ryan gable this is the secret teachings and you're here listening on the fringe fm Radio. But no, I really...
I'm Clyde Lewis from Ground Zero Radio, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. This is John B. Wells of Caravan to Midnight, which you can find at caravantomidnight.com, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. You are listening to The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings, or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info. You could listen to this. And that show is now running all day Friday and all day Saturday on History Channel, which is really amazing. I don't know if there's any other show on TV that's doing that right now, so... I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week and join us to explore the outer limits and quarantine zones of history, symbolism, parapolitics, myth, and more. We don't have insiders or some galactic confederation ambassador, but we do have books, memories, critical thinking skills, and an ability to recognize patterns. And we also know a little bit about a lot. But don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. Find the Fringe.fm Monday through Friday for new episodes of The Secret Teachings or check out TalkStream Live in the Paranormal Radio app. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info to subscribe to the entire show archive so that you can listen, stream, and download every episode after it airs. Subscribers also get access to our montages and digital books www.thesecretteachings.info and The Secret Teachings Monday through Friday on The Fringe FM. Don't settle for less. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence, but... I hate this channel. Do you like The Secret Teachings and Ryan's passionately balanced approach to subjects from food and health to the entertainment industry and the occult? Then check out Ryan's books, available in PDF and softcover with free shipping in the United States. For a practical, balanced, and unique look at the food industry, vaccinations, the theories of disease, and geoengineering, grab a copy of Food Philosophy. For a deeper look into artificial intelligence, UFO cults, black goo, and packs made with the devil in the music and entertainment industry, have a look at the technological elixir. Or look for Ryan's masterpiece, Occult Arcana, an encyclopedia of occult knowledge spanning from mythology and science to symbols and sigils, from ritual magic to voodoo, and from comparative religion and psychic abilities to paranormal activity. All three books can be purchased on the website at thesecretteachings.info, where you can read reviews from other authors and radio hosts around the world. Just visit thesecretteachings.info. Why listen to The Fringe FM? We are your number one source for talk radio the mainstream media won't touch. Joe Root brings you everything occult with Lighting the Void. Ryan Gables shatters paradigms with esoteric knowledge on the secret teachings. Gigi and Cortana explore the inner workings of our reality with Shift Happens. Jess of the Rogue Report brings you years of research to explore the hidden facts behind alternative topics. And myself, Alex Exum of Live Talk, the so-called Joker in the deck. We are the Fringe FM. This is Jess Rogie from the Rogie Report News, and I literally sift through hundreds of articles a week to bring you the best in Fringe News. Check out the Rogie Report News here on the Fringe FM. You can't handle the truth! Join me on a journey where getting lost is the only true destination. 
where happiness is an illusion. Here, where the past, present, and future all coexist on the same timeline. Welcome to a future where our true re reflection is only revealed once the screen goes dark. Welcome to the darkness. I hope you find it enlightening. This is KTLK Digital Broadcasting, where the normal and paranormal collide. It's the Fringe FM. Freedom is the privilege to be right. On The Secret Teachings, we use history and anthropology, magic and esotericism, and even a little bit of nutrition and comedy mixed with some great guests to examine our world and beyond. For 10 years, we've used occultism and symbols to bring you a unique and objective look at the past, present, and future. Join us by tuning in Monday through Friday to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, exclusively new right here on The Fringe FM, www.thesecretteachings.info. Yeah, you're a proper pro. And I just want to thank you, Ryan, for having me on. I've heard a few of your shows and you go deep, brother. You go deeper than a deep sea diver in a shipwreck. So it's uh, been great to be a part of your show. You've got a tremendous amount of knowledge yourself. You've clearly put in the hours of research and I commend you for that. So I'm very happy to have been a part of your show today. Thanks again for the invitation. This is Mark Devlin, author of Musical Truth, Volumes 1 and 2 musicaltruthbook.com online and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable I'm your host Ryan Gable and you are listening to The Secret Teachings on the Fringe FM where you can catch us Monday through Friday, same time each night. Go to the website, thesecretteachings.info, to find our archive for all the shows and all the montages. You'll also find my books in digital form on the website, so when you subscribe, you can read the books, get the montages, and download and stream all of the shows. You can also grab the books in physical form, like the Technological Elixir, with a lot of the content that I've shared with you tonight relating to synthetic biology in that book, it's called The Technological Elixir, Black Goo, Transhumanism, and Invoking Artificial Intelligence. And uh, I just redid the formatting of it, so there's some new books coming. I've got like five or six, or I've got a handful of these um, older formatted copies left. There's, there's literally nothing wrong with them. But um, I'm going to sell these for much, much cheaper. So uh, these are 15 bucks right now for the, uh, the older technological elixir books. Again, nothing wrong with them. The only thing that changed was the internal formatting when I switched to a, a new file system for the Microsoft Word. But I wrote about in that book synthetic biology and about how in 2016 these scientists got together at Harvard Medical School and they were told, don't tell anybody what you're doing, don't post this to social media, just come and meet with us. And it was all about creating a follow-up to the Human Genome Project and creating a synthetic human genome. Now, if the Human Genome Project is followed up with creating a synthetic human genome, then how about the Bio Genome Project? Do you know about that? 
You ever heard of the Biogenome Project? Well, it's a, a multi-million dollar program between 2018 and 2028. And it's all about cataloging all the DNA, mapping all the DNA of every animal, plant, and fungus. All of it. In 2013, there's the Brain Mapping Initiative where they mapped out brains, $100 million under the Obama administration here in the States. So they've mapped out the human genome and then want to create a synthetic version. And in recent years, they've mapped out the brain and have created synthetic versions. And now they want to map out, they, scientists, some of these people are psychopaths and the names keep coming up again and again. They're futurists and they believe in an anti-human post-industrial world where they're in control as technocrats. But mapping all the fungus, all the plants, all the animals, you'd imagine that they want to create synthetic versions. And they've already started to do this, though, with genetic engineering. There's a big difference between engineering, manufacturing, altering. I mean, it's tampering is what it is. And there's a great sentence that I read. I think it's a fantastic explanation of the synthetic biology of genetic engineering in all of its forms. And it's this from Berkeley Laboratory News Center. The innovation of synthetic biology and machine learning systems to create bioengineered cells uh, using algorithms. It says the innovation means scientists will not have to spend years developing a meticulous understanding of each part of the cell and what it does in order to manipulate it. This may be one of the most carelessly, flagrantly, blatant, and overt violations of basic common sense that has ever been written anywhere at any university by any so-called professionals, journalists, scientists, etc. They're literally saying, like, we found this way to create synthetic biology, and it's great. We don't even have to learn how the organic stuff works yet. We'll just go right to professional sports. We won't even play high school. We, you know, go to college. What are you talking about? We're just going to jump right into the professional leagues. I mean, don't you think that maybe if they were, if you could justify in any way that they, I don't know, should be altering, you know, the organic world uh, with plants, animals, funguses, or humans, maybe they should understand how that organic world works first. What do you say? I mean, I think that maybe you should have an understanding of it before you do it. I, I just, I just don't get like how we've so far surpassed that arbitrary, and it is arbitrary, but that arbitrary point, that arbitrary line in the sand where it's like, I don't know if we should be doing this or not. And then these, these scientists, like this is Berkeley Lab, they're like, we don't care if we should be doing it or not. We don't even, we know how to do it. We don't even know what biology is really, but we're going to manipulate it. That sounds like, uh, sounds like there could be some kind of like Nuremberg trial for these people. Like this is a violation of basic, this is violating the, the, just like the global civil contract. Like don't mess with the natural world 
I mean, at least bioengineers at Epicite or DuPont, Dow DuPont, or Syngenta, or Bayer Monsanto, at least these companies, like the people, they're like, okay, we at least we understand how cells kind of work. We don't understand DNA, but we understand how cells work. We can inject things into, like at least they have attempted to understand it, even though they still don't. But these scientists are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we got this check. We got algorithms that can engineer your cells. We don't even know how the cells work, but we're going to do it anyway. Are you kidding me? Are you serious? Okay, so here's why all this matters. Earlier, I mentioned these two articles from the LA Times and the New York Times, and they're talking about a Danish study about how masks don't work. And they said, despite the fact that masks don't work, and it's proved that masks don't work, you should still wear them. And not only should you still wear them, but if you don't wear them, that's why people are getting sick. But we can't find evidence that not wearing them makes people get sick. All we know is that it protects you and the other person, but there's no evidence that it protects either person. And it's like, I'm confused. Um, I'm pretty sure you're supposed to be confused. And they use double negatives. Like, it, it should not be this if it's not that or if it is that and it isn't that if it was or isn't that. I mean, it's like, it's like reading Lewis Carroll or something. You know, it's like reading Alice in Wonderland. It should be what it isn't if it wasn't what it was or wasn't one day when it could have been something that it maybe wasn't. It's like, what are you talking about? Just like, you can simplify this a lot more, okay? (laughs) But they do that because they don't have any evidence of anything. And some of these studies are so blatantly and flagrantly, not just flawed, but fraudulent, that in order to get any, any kind of like, bang for the buck that's being put into it, they have to write the conclusion like literally a piece of war propaganda. It doesn't work. Do it anyway. So they're just telling you, look, look, it doesn't. So the point is, though, wearing a mask does a lot of stuff, okay? But the thing about a mask is that a mask is dehumanizing. And I don't care if you, I don't, even if I wore a mask for whatever reason, like I'm still going to make the argument, it's dehumanizing. I think we can all agree. It's disassociating, and it's traumatizing to children who will not have any idea as they get older and this proceeds what's going on, and it will stunt their social growth. I guarantee you that is an inevitability, and it's probably already happening. And all the suggestions of disconnecting, not having sex, wearing a mask, it's just its very anti-human. And when they tell you at the New York Times, the LA Times, like, hey, this is reality over here, but wear it anyway, even though reality says it doesn't work, because it's all about perception, creating a synthetic perception. Well, now with synthetic genomes and having mapped the human genome, creating synthetic genomes, mapping the brain, creating synthetic brains, artificial intelligence, machine learning, learning from what we do, and the Biogenome Project to catalog all other organic DNA, plants, funguses, animals, and then to replicate it, but in a synthetic world. And all of this just, I guess you could say, so happens to come together in a very interesting coincidental way. It's very coincidental. It comes together... 
nice and clean with sixth generation technology and what Samsung wrote. You can look this up for yourself. Just type in Samsung 6G digital twins. And Samsung says they are going to replicate the entire world. And they're going to create a virtual environment. And you will have a digital twin. And you will interact in this digital world, which will not be controlled by humans, but be controlled by machines. This is what they wrote in their own white paper. So, quick summary. Human Genome Project, we understand it. Create a synthetic genome. Brain mapping, we understand it. Create a synthetic brain. Dump all this data and information into machines. Map all the genomes of plants and animals and funguses. Create synthetic versions of those. And that ends in 2028, that biogenome project. Two years after that, 2030 is the goal for the UN sustainability. It's the goal for the World Economic Forum. It's the goal for the hive mind from Google and Ray Kurzweil. They all pick the same year. Maybe they weren't supposed to, and it was like, oh, that's really obvious what we're doing. So let's try to separate ourselves. We're not working together. (laughs) So 2030, you put all this together, and maybe you start to wonder if this is about creating a synthetic environment, like a a sub-reality of reality, and Samsung just kind of walks in and they're like, all right, we got, we know how to put it all together. Um, since we have everything synthetic and we have information on everything, why don't we just build like another version of reality that's a sub-reality that will be the new real reality and people that live in the old reality, which is the real reality, that'll, do, that'll be the sub-reality because the perceptions change. And we'll hook people into this system. It'll be a digital system, digital replicas of places and people and... It'll be run by machines. I don't know about you. I seen that movie. Didn't like, you know, the way that it ended really for humans, at least the idea of it where humans ended up. But that's what's happening. And that this is this is from Berkeley, the New York Times, Harvard. It's from mainstream news. It's from Jeffrey Epstein. Like it all is part of the same structure. And then Samsung comes in with the with the shell, and everything is put on the the, the skeletal structure that was manufactured. And so, I, I still kind of disagree with a lot of people that there is no COVID nineteen, there is no virus. But I, I, this is why I separate myself on this show from a lot of a lot of other people who are maybe of similar minds. Not, not that I wouldn't talk to them or have them on the show. Like I love, I love, I love Don and David, uh, Don Lush, David Parker. Like they're some of my favorite guests, and I agree. I understand the exosome thing with Doctor Kaufman, who we've had on. Like I know that that's the original term of virus was a noxious substance excretion from the body. I get all that, but I'm saying COVID nineteen specifically. I really think there is something that's identifiable. I just think it's a genetic marker. And I don't think it's necessarily a virus, per se. I think what it is, is it is nanotechnology. Not an an organic living organism. It's a synthetic technology. 
And I think what it is, is it's been sprayed, it's been dumped, and it's been a part of our environment for a long time. It's not a virus. It's nano dust. Julian Assange called it evil dust. It's smart dust. And it is infused everywhere into trees and plants and humans. And it can be used to feed a system with data about your heart rate, about your white blood cell count, whatever information from the body. And it could be used to trigger heart attacks, lung collapse, kidney, liver failure, make it look like a natural cause of death. But it's in all of us. And this isn't my opinion. Ray Kurzweil, who wrote Transcendent Man, Ray Kurzweil is the chief executive officer at Google, said, quote, nanobots will infuse all, and he wrote it in capital letters, all the matter around us with information. Rocks, trees, everything will become these intelligent computers. At that point, we can expand out into the rest of the universe. We will be sending basically nanotechnology infused with artificial intelligence. Swarms of those will go out into the universe and basically find other matter and energy that we can then harness to expand the overall intelligence of our human machine civilization. That's what he wrote in Transcendent Man. Nanobots will infuse all the matter around us with information. So COVID-19 in that respect is almost like an open acknowledgement of, yes, we're using this technology. It's everywhere in the environment. They say the virus is everywhere. They're like, it's everywhere. But it's not a virus. And people aren't really sick from it. But it could be used to trigger any illness, any state of mind, and to literally... Get this, it could be theoretically used to change someone's personality and perception from a strictly physical, beastile, animalistic, material place in the sense that you're talking with someone and you're getting along with them and you're having a good time and then suddenly... They shake their head and they can't control themselves and they, they stop and they're a different person. I'm not talking about multiple personalities. I'm talking about literally hacking into the body and that person becoming an agent in this 6G sub-reality. And let me remind you, I'm reading this stuff from Google, Ray Kurzweil. I'm reading it from Samsung the University of Berkeley. I'm reading it from the New York Times. And I'm just putting the pieces together. It's like, oh, they map the genome and then they create a synthetic version. Oh, Samsung wants to create a digital sub-reality. Oh, they don't care about understanding how biology or genomes work. They just want to manipulate them. Oh, Ray Kurzweil said nanobots will be all around us. It'll be infused in everything. Oh, you could use those to literally control people and turn them into agents in your digital sub-reality. Oh, I saw that movie. 
I think the fourth one comes out later this year. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. There's more after this. Don't go anywhere right here on The Fringe FM. Don't forget to go to thesecretteachings.info. Subscribe today. Supports you, the network, and the show. Helps to keep us on air five nights a week. You can grab a copy of my book, The Technological Elixir. Soft cover and autographed. You can read reviews on the website and or subscribe to the archive for a month or a year and you will get access to all the shows, the montages, and my books in digital form. That's www.thesecretteachings.info. If you'd like to contact us, rdgable at yahoo.com, social media, facebook.com forward slash thesecretteachings, and don't forget to support The Fringe FM that allows us to be here Monday through Friday. There's more after this. Again, stay with us. Don't go anywhere. Synthetic biology replacing the natural biological world. I have to say I really enjoy enjoy uh, listening to you talking. No, normally I, I look quite deep into people. You brought a lot of um, holiness from your last life. I'm, I'm amazed about the, your age, that you're so young. Because normally um, with a with kind of speed of learning and growing, I know from my life, we are not far apart from each other. So what I had to recover during those years, you, you just came here with it. Some children come to, to life with fully developed abilities and all they need is to adopt to their, their, their body to, to being able to express the fully developed abilities. And uh, there is something of this in you. This is Howard Kautz. My website is www.timeloopsolution.com and you're listening to The Secret Teachings radio program with Ryan Gable. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana, complete with hundreds of beautiful images. Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. Or if that's not enough and you want a practical look at food, lifestyles, and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, then check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. It not only supports The Secret Teachings and Fringe FM, but most importantly, it supports you. You could listen to this. And that show is now running all day Friday and all day Saturday on History Channel, which is really amazing. Since I don't know if there's any other show on TV that's doing that right now. So 
I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week and join us to explore the outer limits and quarantine zones of history, symbolism, parapolitics, myth, and more. We don't have insiders or some Galactic Confederation ambassador, but we do have books, memories, critical thinking skills, and an ability to recognize patterns. And we also know a little bit about a lot. But don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. Find the Fringe.fm Monday through Friday for new episodes of The Secret Teachings or check out TalkStream Live in the Paranormal Radio app. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info to subscribe to the entire show archive so that you can listen, stream, and download every episode after it airs. Subscribers also get access to our montages and digital books www.thesecretteachings.info and The Secret Teachings Monday through Friday on The Fringe FM. They all say the same thing. They're all like, you know, over the last four years, everything good that happened was because of us. And we would have done more good stuff if it wasn't for those guys. And then they, the Democrats go, oh, we did all the good stuff. <laughs> like you're all working for the same guy. Alex Exxon. My name is Alex Exum, and I host live talk here on The Fringe FM. If you're sick of hearing about COVID-19, I invite you to listen to my show, 7 p.m. Pacific, Tuesday nights, for a COVID-free zone. We will not be talking about the C word. We discuss news, society, and culture, but not COVID-19. Go listen to the other fear mongers if you want to hear that nonsense. Want more of The Fringe? Check out thefringe.fm for more information on your favorite shows. Also, don't forget to check out the Fringe mobile app or the other ways you can tune in through the Paranormal Radio app and talk stream live. Where the normal and paranormal collide, it's the Fringe FM. Do you have everything you need to explore the secret teachings? I've got my secret socks on and my secret TV and my secret TV channel. Looks like SpongeBob's ready. Are you? This is Dave Cruz, host of Beyond the Strange, and you're listening to The Fringe FM. But when a long train of abuses, usurpations, pursuing invariably the same object, evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and provide new guards for their future security. Listen to The Secret Teachings five nights a week, Monday through Friday, on The Fringe FM. This is KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, the New York Times bestselling author of Crossfire, Rule by Secrecy, Rise of the Fourth Reich, and my latest one, Our Occulted History. And you're listening to The Secret Teachings. I'm Ryan Gable, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings on The Fringe FM. So I just went and dug out my smart dust folder. I'd make a pun and say I dusted it off, but I, I did that last night. Smart dust. Julian Assange called it evil dust. 
go to UC Berkeley and you'll find it. Sprinkling of neural dust opens door to electrocuticles. And when Harold Counts, the gentleman that I played the promo for a minute ago when we left to go to the final break tonight, he was with us the first time we ever discussed the subject of black goo. And he was talking about the, the biophotons, uh, synthetic RNA, and nanocrystals. And he was talking about the spreading of an artificial... I've just got this music there because it's right for this topic. The artificial synthetic collective consciousness. And you can just go to UC Berkeley. You can go to computerworld.com from 2003. They were talking about smart dust. Uh, the Berkeley articles from 2016. And they're like, oh, we invented it. Really? Well, 2003. Like, even if that was a typo, still before the Berkeley story. Smart dust technology could reshape space telescopes. That's 2014 from fizz.org. And then there's MIT Technology Review. And literally, these people at MIT said, smart dust can spy on your brain. Intelligent dust particles embedded in the brain could form an entirely new form of brain-machine interface, says engineers. So, like, you might be worried about, like, Raytheon coming out and saying, yeah, we've got a human-to-machine brain interface. Uh, MIT said, well, um, we've got smart dust, and uh, we don't need machines. Well, these are machines. They're just not big machines. We don't need wires. Uh, These are intelligent little creatures. Well, they didn't say that, but Ray Kurzweil said it. Okay, let's be fair. Ray Kurzweil said that. He said, nanobots will infuse all the matter around us with information. Rocks, trees, everything will become these intelligent computers. At that point, we can expand out into the rest of the universe. Well, not you. You mean like your hive mind Borg civilization that travels from planet to planet consuming all the natural resources like the insect, like locust creatures in Independence Day. And when the president says, what do you want from us? And the alien, using the vocal cords of the scientist, says, to die. Like, you're not reasoning with these things, okay? They're not diplomats. They're here if this is what is responsible and it's not purely deranged human psychosis. Uh, They're here to exterminate not the planet, and not necessarily humans, they're here to exterminate organic, biological life. They are going to and have and will continue to replace organic systems with synthetic systems. The Human Genome Project mapped the genome, and then in 2016, Harvard scientists and others got together at Harvard Medical School and discussed the creation of a synthetic genome. The brain mapping initiative in 2013 resulted in a continuation of programs to create synthetic brains and artificial intelligence. And the Biogenome Project, which started in 2018 and it lasts through 2028, is mapping all the plants, animals, and fungus on the planet. And of course, you could create synthetic replicas of these, which has already been done through genetic engineering. And then you have that nice little window like, oh, they've mapped the DNA of everything and just in time for 2030, just in time for the World Economic Forum, just in time for 
Klaus Schwab, just in time for Bill Gates and the creepy word he uses. Us here at the foundation, the foundation, dude, it sounds like something from Fallout 4. It sounds like the Institute where they're, they're taking people and they're replacing them with synths. That's what it sounds like. The, the Institute, the foundation, like it, try it, try using a less creepy word, you know, try not using something from sci-fi. Maybe you, I, I don't know. Maybe people would believe you more. 2030, that's the agenda. 2030. You think that's all a coincidence? And then Samsung comes out, and Samsung's just like, Samsung is like clutch. They just come out, and you know they're going to knock down that game-winning shot. You know they're going to hit that ball out of the park, and all the bases are coming in. You know that this all-star wide, you can throw that football anywhere, and that receiver's going to catch it, touchdown, you win the game. Like, this is your all... Samsung comes in as, like, a superhero to what these people are, what they serve. And they're like, check it out. Check it out. We have invented sixth-generation technology. And as reported by The Verge, Google has tested secret 6G in 17 different states in the United States including Arizona, California, Colorado, Florida, Georgia, Illinois, Iowa, Kansas, Nebraska, Nevada, New York, North Carolina, Oklahoma, Oregon, Texas, Utah, and Virginia. If your state wasn't named, it probably means you're being tested on now because if they're naming it, they've already done the research. And so while you're worried about 5G, oh my God, how about 6G? Oh, 6G's got to be worse than 5G. Well, it's not really the same thing. Samsung said sixth generation technology is an immersive extended reality. High-fidelity mobile hologram and digital replicas. And you will also socialize remotely. Good thing we already started that. 6G performance will support a data rate of 1,000 gigabits per second, which is 50 times the peak rate of 5G. Also, 50 times stronger than 5G. You thought 5G was bad. This is 50 times stronger. And according to the research paper from Samsung, it will be possible to replicate people, devices, object systems, and even places in a virtual world. What is this, Blade Runner? What, who are these people? And they all are doing it because, what did the TV commercial tell you? You're going to get faster internet speed when you sign up for Samsung 5G. When you sign up for Samsung 6G, you're going to get your own robot that can control your mind. You know, it's like, what? Do you, what? who is buying this? And it even says, the main user of sixth generation technology, according to Samsung, will actually be machines. It's like, dude, they're telling you they, they have Arnold Schwarzenegger in a lab, ready to go. All that has to happen is the Secretary of Defense, concerned over cyber attacks, needs to press the Y on the keyboard. And it all goes down, and it's like scary for a second. It comes back online, you're like, we got rid of the virus. Joke's on you, Skynet is the virus. Joke's on you, machines come into life. And it's like not even they're not even building machines now to help people. They're just like, yeah, we're going to build these things, and then Samsung's going to, well, any any company, they're just going to they're just going to take control of it. It's like really you're you're going to say that out loud and not expect uh, resistance. Maybe they are expecting resistance to it, but it's all supposed to be fun. Like you can download things faster. Ooh, really? You think a trillion dollar company is trying to build something by spending billions and billions and billions and billions of more dollars and doing it in secret? Why would you test it in secret if it's such a great thing? You mean, like, maybe give, like, a beta test or something? And 
what were they testing in these cities? 17 cities got 6G networks in August of 2020. They just announced 5G was new. What are they? Who's testing this? Are there people that are activated, like like their phones are activated to 6G? I don't think it works that way. I think they're creating a a digital subreality and turning the planet into a microwave. It's probably why no one cares that Fukushima is just dumping hundreds of trillions of gallons of contaminated tritium water into the ocean since 2011. Like, these machines feed off of radiation. They fed off of solar power in the Matrix, right? And when they couldn't get the power because they darkened out the sky, when the humans darkened out the sky, they turned to harvesting humans and absorbing their, their blood. It's like a mixture of War of the Worlds with the Matrix, with the Terminator, with like that evil group of people that got together at some place, and I think it was in Italy, in one of the newer James Bond movies, right? And they're like, we will use immigrant waves to destroy the first world. You know, they all got these accents, and it's just like it's supposed to be creepy, but these people are real. Klaus Schwab is a real person who said you're going to fuse the physical, digital, and biological parts of you into computers and machines. I mean, this guy's an alien. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what else we would we should call him. He's an alien. I mean, alien in the sense that like this is not human behavior at all. And 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 it's like you read this stuff. This Berkeley University with the smart dust. This is an this is an article from Berkeley less than a month ago. Machine learning takes on synthetic biology. Algorithms can bioengineer cells for you. Kind of sounds good, right? And then you read it, and it says, Synthetic biology allows scientists to design biological systems to specifications, such as engineering a microbe to produce a cancer-fighting agent. The Department of Energy, great, the DOE is involved. So whatever they're doing, they're doing it in multiple dimensions. Department of Energy's Lawrence Berkeley National Laboratory has developed a new tool that adapts machine learning algorithms to the need of synthetic biology to guide development systematically. So that sounded pretty serious. And then the next line says, the innovation means scientists will not have to spend years developing a meticulous understanding of each part of a cell and what it does in order to manipulate it. Oh, it's made their lives a little bit easier. You don't have to study. Get the spark notes. (laughs) That's basically what they've done here. They've just got the spark notes. I don't even know if they have the spark notes. At least the spark notes like are like relevant details. They're they're literally saying at Berkeley, we uh, don't want to learn about the cells. We just want to manipulate them. Uh, that's psychotic. You have no proof that synthetic biology is dangerous. Well, they pulled this article, but luckily I have a copy of it. U.S. National Library of medicine and I actually have several I have several copies of this that I printed out and lost or found again later uh, 2017 May unexpected mutations after CRISPR Cas9 editing in vivo and it's about these mice that were engineered they were blind mice no literally no pun intended like they were they were literally three blind mice. Uh, maybe not three blind mice, but it says 
in a recent study, we used CRISPR-Cas9 for sight restoration in blind RD1 mice. So they literally use like blind mice. <laughs> it's it's kind of funny. And um, then they got done, and they're like, well, let's run the computer algorithm. You know, the algorithms that they're using for the synthetic biology. And let's see what happened to the genome. And when they ran it, they were like, mm, looks like something went wrong. And they're like, that's confusing. How did something go wrong when we only altered one gene? Well, what went wrong, Sherlock, was that you altered a gene and you didn't understand how the gene works. Just like these scientists at Berkeley said, we don't have to understand cells. We can just manipulate them. And so they said, well, the mice looked like they were okay, but they had thousands of genetic mutations. Maybe not things that are visible, like they didn't grow gills or something, maybe down the road. And they had hundreds of genes that didn't just get manipulated. They just, you know, they, they got deleted. Like, that's pretty significant. If one gene... And then they concluded, like, well, we, 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 we were successful. The mice can see. Yes, they can see, but they no longer have anuses. They no longer have feet. Like, this is what science is today. Scientists do today. We're successful. Well, what was your goal? To accomplish X, Y, Z. What well, did you accomplish X, Y, Z? Yes, that's why we're successful. All right, but you also destroyed A, B, See, so you destroyed all this stuff along the way to prove that you could do something that was destructive to everything before it. And that's, you can look it up, unexpected mutations, thousands of mutations and hundreds of deletions, and also some genes were just like, I don't know, inserted random places that just didn't exist before. Oops. Good thing they did it on mice, right? And unexpected mutations, that's an understatement. Une one or two mutations is unexpected. If there are thousands, that's a catastrophe. Um, that is not good, but nature made them pull the article, or at least somebody made them pull the article, because they were like, look, it's dangerous. And people said, no, we need that to make money and other things, so pull it. It's like Silverstein. There's, that's, there's like a guy who does that for these articles, for these science and publications, it's got like a, a resident Silverstein guy. They're like, does this contradict what the official corporate line is? Uh, looks like it. And we gave the orders to pull it. Machine learning takes on synthetic biology. So that's the article. And then, army.mil, machine learning algorithm could provide soldiers with feedback. It says, our algorithm can, for the first time, disassociate the dynamic patterns and brain signals that relate to specific behaviors and is much better at decoding these behaviors. So they can determine the difference between like thought patterns and feelings of like hunger and thirst. The research and that sound that's good. I mean that is good like they could make things that are beneficial for crippled people, per, per, uh, people that are per paralyzed, people that have some kind of neurological physical conditions and that that is good. But that's how they sell you the poison. The researchers tested the algorithm on standard brain uh detests during the performance of various arm and eye movements. They showed that their algorithm discovered uh, neural patterns and brain signals that directed these movements but were missed with standard algorithms. They also showed that the decoding of these movements from brain signals, predicting what the movement kinematics are by just looking at the brain signals that generate the movement, was much better with the algorithm. 
The algorithm had significant implications for basic science discoveries. The algorithm can discover shared dynamic patterns between any signals beyond brain signals, which is widely applicable for the military and many other medical and commercial applicants. So obviously this is the Army. Um, the Army isn't spending money on creating this so that they can differentiate between you know taking a drink of water and wanting to move a computer mouse with your mind. The Army is doing this so that they control, this, control the minds of soldiers. This is about creating a super soldier and then ultimately replacing soldiers with machines, just like the ultimate goal is to replace humans with machines. So human genome, synthetic genome, brain mapping, synthetic brains, AI, biogenome, Mapping out plants, animals, funguses, synthetic replacements of that. All this done by 2030. Samsung steps in with digital sub-realities. Literally run by machines, in their own words. Literally run by machines, in their own words. A, a, a digital sub-reality. And all of this is spread through smart dust, which Ray Kurzweil said will infuse all the matter around us with information, which is... Interesting, because all the matter around us is already infused with information. It's the same genetic material that you're using to create synthetic versions so that you can replace it and build a digital replica, you sadistic pieces of trash. Like, these people are not... Listen, these people are not human. I don't care what you say. Ray Kurzweil ain't a human being. People like Elon Musk might be human, but this guy talks, and it's like, it's like you, 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 someone was breaking into your apartment, and you had just enough time to call the police, and then they like tied your wife up, and they've got you tied up, but the, they didn't know the police were coming. The police show up at the door, and they're like, "Sir, is everything okay?" And the burglars, the rapists, whatever they are, they they tell you, you go to the door and tell them everything's okay, and they stand behind the door with a pistol. And the guy's about to open the door, and they're, and they're like shoving the pistol in his back. They're like, just, you know, it's okay. It's okay. Tell him it's okay. Tell him it's okay. I'm going to kill you and your family. And they opens the door, and he's like, hey, officers, what's going on? And they're like, we got a call from this residence, uh, this address that there was a break-in or something. And the guy's like, no, everything's fine. <laughs> and his eyes are like, he's about to, like, destroy his neural, his neural system. His eyes are about to, like... I forget what they call that. Like, there's a way that if you look a certain way for a certain time, like, you can go into, like, visual paralysis. But he's trying to, like, motion towards the door, like, there's a guy with a gun. <laughs> Help. <laughs> right? That's what Elon Musk is when he talks. He's, like, he's in front of these giant lights, and his pupils are dilated completely. So that's not normal. Uh, drugs, wires, machine parts, I don't know what the guy's doing. Uh, having sex with his girlfriend named Grimes or whatever her name Gims Grimes Grimes who's like I'm pretty sure she's a robot making this music about AI and singing lullabies to artificial intelligence and so anyway long story short Elon's up there and he's like with these big eyes he's like uh yeah we uh uh we um I mean he's got a weird accent I'm not doing an Elon Musk voice but he's like uh yeah we don't want to build this but uh we have to <laughs> like yeah officer everything's fine um uh, there's like somebody behind the door. It's like, that's what Elon Musk looks like. Some of these other people, uh, Klaus Schwab, that guy's not human. He's a Borg. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's a Borg. What What other explanation? Who says, who says we're going to merge together all biological, all digital, and all uh, 
physical life. You will be assimilated. You will not resist. Like, these people are psychotic. And, and it's literally who is buying that it's about making the downloads faster. Are people that dumb? Let's replace all synthetic or all biological life with synthetic life so we can download movies faster. Like, if, if that is what the... here, But let's put it this way. If that is what the mass majority of humans want, like the mass majority, if this was like a, a vote, if that's what the mass majority of humans want, well, I guess like there's no reason to even fight it. Like, you just want to watch movies all day? Is that really what you want to do? That's... The, That seems to be the justification for it anyway. Replacing organic biological life with inorganic synthetic life. Creating a digital sub-reality. Creating a virtual version of the real world with digital replicas of people and places and plugging people into it. This is... not a plan or an agenda. It's ironically a reality. And sure, there are many things that we should and absolutely justifiably so are concerned with outside of that. But this is a subject that needs to be addressed in more detail because beyond uh, creating machines that control this digital reality that Samsung is talking about, and everything being fused with nanobots, like Kurzweil said, scientists for over a decade have developed basically human flesh that they can grow on things. So you just put that flesh onto a machine, and you've just built the actual Terminator, like you've built Arnold Schwarzenegger. And that, oh, that's a movie. It's a movie, sure, but it, the idea came from somewhere. The idea for Star Trek came from somewhere. And that seems to be the ultimate goal. Replacing all organic life with synthetic life. With synths. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings on The Fringe FM. Please support The Fringe FM. Please support The Secret Teachings. We'll continue to bring you these shows with this topic matter and this analysis Monday through Friday right here on The Fringe. If you go to our website, thesecretteachings.info, you will get access if you subscribe to all of my books in digital form, all of the archive shows, and all of the montages. www.thesecretteachings.info You can also buy the books separately at thesecretteachings.info. Read reviews there. My book, The Technological Elixir, covers a lot of this stuff. And, like, this is not the best-selling book that I've got. It's, like, behind food philosophy, which is stunning. But this book breaks it all down, and I go back and look at it, and I'm like, oh, wow, uh, this is a good book. So <laughs> I'm offering a discount for this thing. It's, like, 15 bucks right now. You donate through PayPal. Free shipping in the States. Uh, Mark Devlin, Clyde Lewis, Kev Baker... Harold Kautz, Leo Zagami all wrote me introductions for this thing. So it's been looked at by some other people who know what they're talking about, too. And they all enjoyed the book, The Technological Elixir, Black Goo, Transhumanism, and Invoking AI. www.thesecretteachings.info 
Stay informed, stay safe. Don't let this stuff scare you. Just be informed and be empowered by it. We'll talk to you in the next broadcast. Time may be up for tonight's broadcast of The Secret Teachings, but don't worry, you can still catch us Monday through Friday right here exclusively on The Fringe FM. You can also subscribe to the show and montage archive while grabbing my books at thesecretteachings.info. To get in contact with us, you can email the show at rdgable at yahoo.com. Stay tuned to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM.